Rod. I went to Arizona State. Rod. I'm a sun devil, man. This is an Arizona sports special. State of the Sun Devils. All things Arizona State University with Jesse, Jeremy, and Mitch. On the Arizona Sports app at 98.7. Live from the Auction Community Studio, it's State of the Sun Devils on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader alongside Jesse Morrison and Mitch Rodas. I'm Jeremy Schnell. Hey, Mitch. Hi. Welcome. I'm back after my hour hiatus from today. <laughs> well, so we have an announcement to make, yep. right, Jesse? Uh, I think we it, do. It, it's a big deal because... Mitch is such a big deal around here. Oh, and stop. for us to be able to welcome him to, him to stay the Sun Devils, that's that's a big deal. So, Mitch, welcome. You are now a co-host of State of the Sun Devils. We appreciate you joining us. Thank you, thank you. I'm very excited to talk all things ASU with you guys here on out. And really, that starts today. Obviously, with the next hour that we get to do breaking down all things ASU, mostly football, but all things ASU. Yeah, I mean, football's coming up though. Football, it's right around the corner. Uh, football's always around the corner. It feels like it's always a good time to talk about football, and uh, not not a better person to talk about it with when it comes to Arizona State football than Trenton Borgay, who's going to join us in the next segment. What? Yes. How about that? The quarterback one of Arizona State. According to me. Jesse. Yeah. And I think anyone <laughs> that watched the spring game, word, I mean. Word is bond when it comes to you, right, Jesse? Like it's guaranteed. You put for it out sure. there. Yeah. It's for like sure. a Woj bomb, but we call it a Jesse bomb or something yep, like that. For sure. That leads us right into the quarterback competition discussion, Jesse. First of all, is it a great day to be a Sun Devil, Jesse? I mean,. It's a neutral day to be a Sunday. Okay, well, we'll talk about that it's as we get day. going into this uh, podcast slash on the air episode of State of the Sun Devils. Trenton Borgay, Jade Rashada, and Drew Pine. That's the three man monster. Who's going to be the guy that comes out on top? Well, Jesse said if you watch the spring game, which all three of us did. Yes. It, it, it was all Trenton Borgay. Mitch should play by play for that. <laughs> I did my best take at play by play on that. <laughs> To your uh, point, though, Trenton yeah. did look very comfortable. Trenton looked very familiar with, in fairness, it's not really an offense that he knows. This is a this is a slight mix of what was and then what now is with Kenny Dillingham kind of leading the charge here for this offense. But Trenton very much looked very, very comfortable in what we got to saw in the spring game. Here's the thing about Trenton it, it showed in the spring game. He's not going to wow you with his... You know, size, his athletic ability, his arm strength, but he's just a super accurate quarterback. He finds the receivers when they're open, completes passes. And that's what you need at the college level. You don't need someone who's going to be out here, like, you know, just absolutely lighting it up. Uh, you need someone that's going to, you know, not make mistakes. You look at the final four games of the season, uh, there's two games where you're like, eh, I mean, he got hurt against Washington State, so you're not going to look too much into that one, but. He, he went 20 for 32 against Oregon State, you know, only put up seven points in that game. But the, the two games that stand out to me is the UCLA game, number 12 team in the country. He put up 349 yards against them. And then the Territorial Cup, he put up 376 yards for the season. 1,490 yards, 11 touchdowns, six picks. He came in uh, in relief for Emory Jones, who got injured in the Washington game and was pretty good. It really wowed a lot of people. He was one of those guys where the coaching staff would always say, you know, he stayed ready. And, and yeah. when he came in, you really saw that he knew the offense. He's been around long enough to understand it, right? I mean, right. we're talking about a redshirt senior. 
So he's definitely been around ASU's campus and understands this football program for the longest time. And he's kind of one of the few holdovers that remain from this Herm Edwards era that now begins as a Kenny Dillingham era. And whether or not you as a fan or you as the organization, the program, if you want to keep to consistency, then Trenton feels like the obvious answer. But like if you're Kenny Dillingham and you want to shape this and mold this in the direction that you think will be best for this program, then maybe you go a different route. But I don't hate the decision if Trenton is the number one decision here. Yeah, and what I, you know, I came into the spring game and I was like, I want to see Rashada. I think he should be the starting quarterback. He's this big-time recruit that you've went out and, you know, picked up. And Trenton was miles ahead of him, in, in my opinion. And yes, uh, Rashada was very young. Um, but He'd only been there for less than a month. Yeah, right point, yeah. yeah, exactly. But, like, I was just like, you know, you got to go with the guy that's the best. And Trenton looked so much better, in my opinion, than Jaden Rashada and Drew Pine. And, you know, Drew Pine's a guy coming in from Notre Dame, so he's got some pedigree. He started for Notre Dame. Um, and, you know, Trenton, against a Notre Dame quarterback and a top recruit, he looked you know, way better than both of them. And so, I mean, that that's who I would go with. Is it fair to say that he had a head start? It feels like he For had sure. somewhat yeah. of a head start. For but sure. It, but at the same time, you know, if you want to keep him ready and if you want him to stay steady and be prepared, you gotta you got to kind of put him in the same situation that he was in in the years prior, right? Always start, always wanting to be the next man up, always wanting to be ready to go, always ready to go when called upon. Because under Jaden Daniels, he never really – he only had a couple of opportunities yeah. when Jaden Daniels was still here. But for the most part, it was really his year last year. And there's not a lot of successful things to talk about with ASU last year. But in the very small sample size, he kind of was one of them. Yeah, and Jesse is going to bring this up in a little bit, and I'll, I guess, jump on it as well. The only thing that we really saw that we're like, okay, he's, he needs to improve on this was the outside throws, right, Jesse? Yeah, uh, those were kind of where his interceptions came when he was you know, trying to throw to sideline to sideline, um, looking for those receivers on the outside. But, and we saw that, I believe, again in the spring game. Um, so you know, we'll, we'll see how he's done with that. But you know, that's the one thing that it, he was lacking in. And if that's if you've got a quarterback with one weakness, really, maybe you could throw in that he's you know not the most athletic guy in the world. Um, but you know, if you've got a quarterback with one weakness, that's really good. Yeah, I, when it comes to to these to, to this quarterback in particular, Trenton Borgay, we're, we want to talk about the receivers that he has as well. He has two tight ends, so that's throwing it up the middle most of the time. Yeah. Unless you want to put a tall guy like Messiah Winston on the outside, six foot eight, just chuck it up to him and see what happens. <laughs> but you got those guys, and then you got Elijah Badger, who plays a lot in the slot. So maybe he's not throwing to the outside as much. He's throwing it over the middle, you know, some out routes maybe, but not too many deep balls down the right side of the field. If you saw some of the, the big highlight plays that Trenton made last year, the one play, the Conyers against U of A that went down the middle of the field, that was caught. There was one to Sanders, Geo Sanders, that he threw down the middle of the field. So it doesn't always have to be outside throws for him to complete these big-time plays. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned the difference between outside and inside. And you would think, just based off of looking at Trenton, because he's 
technically speaking, he's an undersized quarterback, sure. right? 5'11". It's not very common to have shorter quarterbacks be successful with over-the-middle throws because it's a lot harder for them to really see over their offensive line when they're trying to make a play. So for him to have the success that he does over the middle of the field, it creates such a variability for this offense and for Kenny Dillingham if Trenton is that option that they go with. So. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, so Drew Pine, let, let's talk about him for, for just a second. He's also 5'11", but he's a sophomore. So let, let's talk about that for a second. He does have the experience of starting for Notre Dame in, in the amount of games that he started for them. A successful Notre Dame, too. We Correct. Should add. Yeah, yeah, they they weren't looking good, and then they turned it around. And so he's going to be a redshirt junior this year, I believe, coming in. Uh, yeah, he played in 2020, 21, and 22, so he'll be a redshirt junior. Only played a couple plays in, in 22, so that's his redshirt year. Um, but but for him, you know, he, he put up over 2,000 yards last year, only turned the ball over six times, which, which is a big deal when it comes to, to quarterbacks, especially in college football. You want to hold on to the football and uh, some of the plays that we saw in the spring game may have shown that he's a little aggressive, so to speak, and and doesn't necessarily go to his second read. But that could be just him learning the offense. And, and I, I'm interested to see when we get to Camp T, when we get to some of, of these fall practices, what he's going to look like when he, you know, over the summer, learned more of the offense and got into the Kenny Dillingham system. Yeah, I'm interested to see him and I'm interested to see Rashada to see if they've kind of, you know, bridged the gap between them and Borgay. And, you know, we'll see if it's a competition. Because, like, right now, I think it's Trenton and then a little bit of a gap. And then Jaden and Drew Pine. Yeah. Um, you know, but we'll see if, if it heats up. And I think I think that'll be good for everyone because, you know, you want somebody to push you. Uh, the one thing, though, that I did want to bring up um, is the offensive line. Sure. Because... Jane Rashad is tall, but he is slight. Drew Pine is a, is a smaller quarterback. Trenton Borgay, smaller quarterback. This offensive line uh, did not look good in the spring game. Um, so, you know, it'll, it'll Some be... Some of them were out as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it, it'll just be interesting to see if they can keep um, whoever wins this starting quarterback job healthy for the entire season. Yeah, and also, you know, they lost a guy like Ladarius Henderson, who went yeah. to Michigan now, who was an absolute stud at the left tackle position, and they're going to miss him for sure, but who's going to step up? And, and that's going to be the biggest thing going into the season. Can they keep the quarterbacks off the ground? Well, you lose Henderson, and then you look at a guy like Ben Coleman, who's coming from within the conference over to ASU, and you'd have to assume that maybe he's the one that's looked to the most in terms of, all right, what have you done for me lately kind of thing? Because we know that Cal has not been a great football team in the previous few <laughs> years. So you question, of course, the move at first, but you have to imagine if he wants to come to this program that he's looking for a new challenge, he's looking for a step up, and he's looking to prove that he's actually worth the value that he was coming out of high school. You know, California kids are typically the top of the top when it comes to recruits. Who could say? Real quick, 30 seconds. Who's the starter at the beginning of the year? Trent Borgay, for sure. I'll take, I, I'll take the wild card pick. I'll go with Jaden Rashada. Okay. Really? Yep. I won't explain why now because we have an important guest coming up. <laughs> yeah, Trent Borgay. I think it's the Trent. guy you're saying that is not going to be the starting quarterback. <laughs> well, we're not going to tell him that. We don't have to worry about that. I think it's going to be Trenton Borgay. And we'll talk to him next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Fight. 
State of the Sun Devils with Jesse, Jeremy, and Mitch on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. This is an Arizona Sports Special. Jesse, I, I got like a project for you. What? Make more things like that. What do you mean? <laughs> with the music and like the the big voice and like for our podcast, I need that, you to make more things like that. That was Maloney. Thanks, Aaron. Can we hire Aaron to make more stuff for the podcast? Is that possible? Sure. I think she's, uh, she's you know, got so much free time. Totally. <laughs> Aaron is by no means the busiest person at the station right now. She's literally running the board for us right now on a day off, so we appreciate her for that. Yeah. We're waiting on uh, Trenton Borgay. He's going to join us in a few minutes. But uh, as we continue to talk about the quarterback competition here, uh, you know, Trenton Borgay, Jaden Rashada, and Drew Pine, those are the three guys that we think are in the top three. There's a lot of, there's a few other guys that, number one, either transferred in or were still here. Um, but those three guys are, are the top three. And they have a lot of weapons to use. I just. I get so giddy thinking about the tight end room, and I don't yeah. know why. Specific, <laughs> specifically with the holdovers. Like, of course, Jalen Conyers and Messiah Swinson, I think, too, immediately. But, my God. I just think about the work that Jason Mons is doing, not just for this year's group, but even for next year's group with the news of the tight end that they're going to bring in 2024. And I think, man, what a get for Kenny Dillingham to get Mons to lead this crew. I'm very excited to see what this tight end group can do this year. Uh, Jesse. They brought in Jordan Tyson. Uh, that was the number one receiver from Colorado last year. He lit it up in the Colorado spring game, and he's like, "You know what? I'm out of here." <laughs> yeah. So were a lot of Coach so were a lot player. of Colorado players. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, why Coach Prime's team just left him? Well, I look. I think he made a very public statement. Did he not? About what kind of people he wants on his team? Like, literally, he made it clear on day one that. If you don't want to be here, you're never going to be here, right? I'm going to bring in my guys, and we're going to do my thing, and I already know that they're going to come in because they want to play for Coach Prime. And the rest of y'all, y'all might as well just enter the transfer portal because it's the end for you. I think that was a pretty clear statement to Jordan Tyson, even if he ended up playing in the spring game. Yeah, for sure. I think, too, to Jeremy's point about Tyson, you know, you're adding him to a pretty solid wide receiver room as it is, yeah. thinking about... You know, Xavier Geary, who's who's been here. Elijah Badger's coming back for another year. I kind of expect him to be the number one option. Geo Sanders, who had a couple of nice plays through last year. And then even guys like Andre Johnson and Melquan Stovall, who are guys that are expected to have roles right away for this club. Yeah, and I wanted to say about about these weapons that whoever playing quarterback is going to be able to throw to, you know, honestly, I was kind of surprised that they all stuck around. I thought Elijah Badger would go to the league. Like, I think that's how good he was last year, but I guess he wanted to come back and, you know, play another year for ASU, maybe not end on a note where they were three and nine. Uh, Maybe that would help his draft stock too. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think that, you know, I, a lot of these guys sticking around was a really good thing. And guess who's here? Trenton Borgay. He is joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Trenton, how are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Thanks, man. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so how's your summer going? You learning the new offense uh, pretty good over there? Yeah, you know, just in the playbook. Uh, you know, we're on our summer our summer vacation right now, so we have a week off. So I just got done hitting 18 with my dad and my brothers. But, uh, yeah, you know, getting super Super excited for the season, but it's it's going really well. Staying busy. 
What is it like being in a quarterback room with the names that are next to you right now this offseason? Yeah, you know, I think it's super exciting. Um, you know, it's nothing different than what I've been uh, dealt with in the past. You know, there's a lot of high-caliber uh, quarterbacks, you know, with Drew Pine and Jacob Conover and Jaden Rashada. Um, you know, I've been able to, you know, be around a lot of good quarterbacks the last couple of years at ASU. Um, but, yeah, no, I think we have a really solid group this year that's, you know, competing and just making, making each other, um, you know, even better, you know, on and off the field. Uh, picking piggybacking off of that question, you know, Drew Pine, he comes in, he's from Notre Dame, you know, he's he started there and then Jaden Rashada, highly ranked, you know, quarterback, but you chose to stick around here at ASU. You know, why did you uh, decide to stick at ASU? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, obviously last year gained the opportunity to play and showcase my abilities. You know, the last couple of years, I felt like, you know, I've definitely improved mentally and physically. Um, you know, just learning a bunch of different offenses under Coach Likens and Coach Hill and obviously last year with Coach Thomas. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I think obviously after last season, it wasn't the season we wanted, but I think, you know, we definitely made some strides as a team and definitely as an offense. You know, those last five or six games, you know, we put up points against some solid solid teams in the Pac-12. And I think, you know, some people were surprised that I stayed, but there was never a doubt in my mind that I wouldn't be coming back. I believe I'm the only – I mean, I think every starter last year in the Pac-12 – uh, is returning. So I think it was kind of, you know, interesting for me, you know, from my perspective that people would think I would leave. You know, I'm not somebody that, you know, is going to run away from competition. I, I'm excited. Um, you know, it doesn't matter who you bring in. I, I think, you know, Arizona State's a great place to be a quarterback and, you know, definitely an empire that's, you know, starting to be built under Coach Dillingham. So I'm super excited to be a part of that. What is Trenton Borgay know now that you wish you knew back in your freshman year? What Trent Borgay knows now is definitely that, you know, I knew what I was capable of, but now that I got an opportunity uh, to to do it uh, on the real stage, you know, I feel like my confidence is definitely boosted, um, you know, playing against Washington and, you know, a, a great Oregon State team. And, you know, we played some great teams this last year, you know, UCLA. Uh, but just knowing, you know, if I get that opportunity to do it for a full 12 games, um, I'm super excited to see what I can do. Uh, Trenton, last year uh, you, you looked pretty good. I mean, everywhere on the field doing whatever some of the throws to the sideline maybe were the only thing that was really a weakness for you what have you done to improve that yeah I think obviously last year you know playing with the broken foot obviously helped um, but I felt I feel a lot better physically right now at this time you know being able to throw with some more power some more velocity in my throws and just making sure you know I'm definitely working on any weaknesses that I had last year you know obviously there are throws that I missed and certain games I wish I could, you know, take back because those are easy completions. But obviously, you know, you're never going to be perfect. But just making sure to, you know, try to, you know, level out my game in all aspects of throwing the football. And uh, I'm super excited to, to get this season going. Spring uh, practices, of course, were very key in getting to know this new staff, new head coach Kenny Dillingham, new assistant head coach Charlie Ragel, and then, of course, specifically for you, Bo Baldwin, your new quarterbacks coach. What about that trio, or even if you would just want to pick on one person individually, what have they taught you? Maybe something that you didn't necessarily get in your first few years with ASU. I would say, uh, you know, Kenny Dilling Coach Dillingham definitely, you know, expresses how we're going to be the team that has the most fun and the team that works the hardest while doing it. And I think that's one thing that, you know, I think people from the outside are definitely seeing with, you know, our new media team, you know, they're, they're posting highlights and videos of our workouts and it's enjoyable, you know, at practice, we're having one-on-ones with defensive linemen versus O-linemen. Uh, there's a, there's a basketball hoop inside the team meeting room. So we have, you know, daily pig games and horse games going on. Just it's a fun environment where you never know what you're going to get walking into the building. 
but you know that you're supposed to be on time. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of crazy rules, but, you know, obviously be on time is a big one. And just do what you're supposed to do and be a good human. I think that's something that Coach Dillingham expresses, that it's not only just about being a good football player, but a great human being. And I think that's something that's really stood out to me at this point. A lot of new guys that have come in via the transfer portal or whether it be freshmen. Uh, who's impressed you the most so far? There's there's a lot of new guys with new faces. You know, there's some people that have transferred from teams that we've played in the, in the past, you know, like Zay Alford. Um, you know, he's been doing a great job so far. Um, but I remember a couple years ago when he was at SC, I think he had two interceptions, and I'm glad he's now on our team. Um, Shamari's another guy that, you know, came in, had a great spring. Um, Ex-Guillory. Um, I mean, there's just so many guys that, that came in. You know, Cam, Cam Scadabo. You know, there's just there's a lot of guys that I'm excited that they're on our team now, and I, I just can't wait to see what we do this year. Uh, Trenton, who is somebody on ASU's defense uh, that you faced in practice that you would not want to face on a Saturday? Who's who's kind of the scariest guy on ASU's defense? The scary? I mean, there's a lot of different guys. You know, I'm, I'm glad BJ Green is on our team and he's not rushing at me because he's just he, he's wrecking havoc. You know, every play, whether it's a run uh, run play, a pass play, um, and then that boundary corner. You know, row row wherever rows out on the field. You know, you know you're gonna have a lengthy cornerback that's able to press, play off. Um, he can pretty much do it all with his size. So I would definitely say those two are probably the the top two guys that come to mind. But there are definitely a, a number of guys that I could that I could put into that category. Trenton, correct me if I'm wrong. Have you done the Camp Tontazona trip before in your prior years with ASU? Yeah, my freshman year was the last time we went, you know, for the, I think we went for five days and four nights. And then uh, last year we went for a day, but it doesn't really count. But yeah, so I I did it my freshman year. So I want to ask then, now that you know that you guys are going to get to go back there before the season starts, what's the significance of that trip for you, not only as an individual, but for all of you guys as a team? I think it's a you know it's super special to do something that's you know it's a history it's a part of Arizona State football um, and just to build that team camaraderie. Obviously, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of you know activities you can do out there. Obviously, you have no cell service. You're not going anywhere. You're in the same spot for the whole week. But just to have that tradition and to learn about all the stories that have happened there and to hear about you know the great teams throughout Sun Devil history and you know they they've done it. So to be a part of that history and to continue that tradition. I think that's something that, you know, not a lot of places can name that they do, you know, at their university. So definitely to bring that back, um, to have the fans out there, you know, for a couple of days and to see our scrimmage, I think it's super exciting. And it's just a teaser for what's going to happen this season. Trenton Bourget, Arizona State quarterback, joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. All right, Trenton, y'all lost the Territorial Cup last year, but I know the goal for a lot of teams in the Pac-12 is to get to the Rose Bowl. More important for you, reclaiming the Territorial Cup or winning the Pac-12 and getting to the Rose Bowl? I mean, I think that's a that's a tough question for sure. I think we all know, um, you know, for me, I'm not going to really give an answer because every game is important to me, but I think, you know, as long as we continue to take it one game at a time, we'll be able to collect uh, both, those, uh, both those goals as a team. Um, but definitely, you know, looking forward to that Southern Utah game. Uh, but definitely have those have those goals later in mind. Trenton, great answer. Thanks again for joining us. Really appreciate it. Best of luck in the fall. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Later. Thanks, Trenton. Trenton Bourget, Arizona State quarterback, joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Arizona State recruiting, NIL, and everything in between. That's next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. State of the Sun Devils with Jesse, Jeremy, and Mitch on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. This is an Arizona Sports Special.
Welcome back into the Option Community Studio alongside Mitch Reldis and Jesse Morrison. I'm Jeremy Schnell. We just talked to Trenton Borgay. Thanks again for joining us to him. Quarterback for ASU. Now we be one. According to you. Um, <laughs> now we look into some of the different guys who transferred in and out of the Arizona State program. We got a lot of guys that are very interesting. The offensive linemen are very intriguing to me because they just they need to be stepping up because of some of the guys that number one left and obviously you know the quarterbacks. Number one, two of the guys have experience, of course, but the other one in Jaden Rashada, he's going to be a freshman, so you'd like to keep them off the turf. But Mitch, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Oh boy. Who's most intriguing to you so far when you look at this list? The highest ranked guy? Is that who you're going to bring? Of just in? like all of their transfers? <laughs> yeah. Because, look, I think a lot about how, I, generally speaking, I think the offense is going to be fine. And maybe that's too generous. Maybe that's too short of a statement, I guess I would say. I think the offense is going to be fine. Maybe there will be some growing pains, but when, when is there not growing pains in the first year of a brand new regime? So I think more about the defense, specifically because of basically everybody that they lost defensively. And you and I, Jeremy and I, were talking before the show, well, they at least have a really solid secondary. And I said, yeah, that's great, except how are you going to stop them running the ball? And then if they keep running the ball, they won't have to pass all that much. So I start with the defensive side, mostly in the trenches. Yeah, defensive line looked really good, though, in the spring game. And maybe that was just because they were going up against this offensive line. offensive line. Uh, uh. But... I don't. I don't have very many concerns about the defense, other than the linebackers. They're a little thin at linebacker, um, but it's offensive line that uh, is concerning for me. Um, so, you know, to answer Jeremy's question before he even is asking me, the two transfers that I'm more, most intrigued with are Ben Coleman, who we mentioned in the first segment, who is uh, coming in from Cal, um, offensive lineman, and then Bram Walden coming in from Oregon um, as well. Uh, another transfer offensive lineman. So both of those guys have Pac-12 experience. They've been on Pac-12 teams. Um, you know, I feel like they're better than getting someone from a Division II school like uh, Emmett Boley. Um, so, you know, I'm intrigued to see if those guys can, you know, step up and look better than they did in the spring game. I'm really excited for Jordan Tyson. I think he's going to be fantastic. Uh, someone that'll really compliment uh, Elijah Badger well on the other side. And I think the wide receiver room is going to be excellent. Not only the the wide receiver room, but the guys, uh, also the tight ends. I mean, like that that just really intrigues me. And whoever has that quarterback is going to be set up to succeed because of the guys that they have on the outside. Here we go. Point. It circles all the way back to the offensive yep. line, keeping the quarterback upright so that he can throw to those guys. Right now, what will differentiate that, and it's kind of a brand new running back room. It almost feels like sure. and. I don't know about you guys. I can't necessarily pick out who's going to be the leader of the pack. You've got DeCarlos Brooks, no who transferred intended. from California. You've got Tevin White, George Hart, and Cameron Scadabo. It seem to be the guys that they're leaning on the most. But I don't know where they're going to start first as far as this running back room is concerned because you lose Nagata in transfer. And then the year prior, you had lost—I'm um, drawing a blank because he went and played a different position at a— 
Oklahoma. Oh, Judge. Oh, Ohio training. State. And, they, and then they moved training. him back to running back mm-hmm. late in the season, and he did really <laughs> well. the bowl games. Like, <laughs> what is happening here? Because, yeah, the, like, somebody convinced him to transfer to Ohio State after he fumbled, like, two times last year, and uh, he became a really, really good player for them. So that sucked to see him go. Yeah. So I wonder, you know, if, if the offensive line is going to be the root of every issue for this team, makes it very hard to run the ball. Makes it very hard to keep your quarterback upright, which means it makes it very hard to find pass opportunities downfield as opposed to like a quick slant over the middle or a quick out to the sideline. So if you're focused, Jeremy, specifically on the O line, then don't you think that ASU would also be focused on the reconstruction of this offensive line? Yeah, absolutely. And also the defensive line. I think that's a big deal. It's going to start with the trenches, as Wolf always likes to talk about. Right. And we're obviously on during when Wolf would be talking, so why not talk about the trenches a little bit? This fits perfectly. (laughs) So, but yeah, no, I mean, they have some guys that they brought in. I mean, Ben Coleman's going to, going to do, you know, some stuff on, on the offensive line, and then you have Clay. He's going to do some stuff. Sorry, Jesse. (laughs) What does that even mean? (laughs) (laughs) He's an interior offensive lineman. Obviously, like you said, played in the Pac 12. So I, I think that will be a big deal for ASU moving forward. Clayton Smith is coming from Oklahoma. This is the second guy in, in as many years to transfer from Oklahoma to Arizona State. Obviously, you have Conyers, who's on the offensive side, and now Clayton Smith is coming to play on the, on the edge. Um, so that, that'll be exciting. Let, let's shift gears real quick, because I want to talk a little bit about 2024 recruiting. Um, there's some cool guys that, that just announced that they're going to be playing for ASU um, next year in 2024 season. It's Plaz Johnson, Jaden Fro- uh, Frotier, and then obviously Elijah Basea. Jesse, you had some thoughts on these guys. Yeah, I mean, the 2024 class is going to be the critical one to start looking at for Dillingham to see if he's going to be actually activating the Valley, but, you know, also finding these recruits from other states, especially Texas, where they've got uh, ties in the coaching staff. Um, and, you know, you, you always want to get recruits from Texas. Here's my thing. Floss Johnson, it's great that they're getting a Chaparral kid. But on ESPN.com, he's not ranked as a recruit. Same with, uh, even though uh, Jaden Fortier is the number one tight end in Oregon, um, he, you know, he's not ranked in the, uh, at all on ESPN. Like, they're, they're no star recruits. Um, and so I'm just a little bit concerned that it, there's still going to be these problems that we've always seen that for some reason it's hard to get players to come to Arizona State which should be one of the, you know, premier destinations to go to college and for anyone, much less a football player. I think it's easier for us to say that because all three of us went to Arizona State for different reasons. Obviously, we didn't go to play football there. We don't. We don't have that ability. We went for the Walter Cronkite School of Mass Communication. Yeah, we go for the journalism, <laughs> baby. We go so we can talk about football. Mm-hmm. But I think to Jesse's point, you're in a very, very competitive conference, which now all of a sudden is a is shrinking by the minute. Next year, they're going to be down to 10 schools. The Pac-10. And we didn't even mention the fact that San Diego State is no longer going to be an option. Looks like they're going to stay put in the Mountain West. (laughs) They're staying committed. Where's the money going to be to convince more guys to come here? In this, I hate this expression all the time, but in this new world of NIL and deals and sponsorships and all this stuff that 
these players have probably deserved for a long, long time and are just now getting a crack at. How are you going to remain competitive if you can't afford to get some of the best guys out there? Well, I mean, apparently uh, there's going to be maybe a huge deal with uh, scripts and Ion television. Maybe all that Ion money will come in and uh, help out. Get us on TV or something? Yeah, 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 you know, Ion television. that They have... uh, they have a WNBA package right now, and, and at halftime, you get a news broadcast and not an actual like sports halftime show. Good. So we'll get the news in between ASU football games. I yeah. love that. Yeah, so it's, you, it's rough. You look at five of the 13 commits, or 14 commits, excuse me, for next year's class. Five of them are from uh, Arizona, so that goes to Kenny Dillingham's Activate the Valley stuff. But, you know, we would like to see more of the higher-end recruits here in the Valley commit to come to ASU. And you look a lot in hindsight, right? I think the most significant one in recent memory, you could say, is probably Bijan Robinson, who went yeah. from literally Tucson area to Texas to eighth overall pick in this past NFL draft. You think that Arizona, just as much as ASU, is feeling... A little bit of regret and some lack of aggressive recruiting to go after him. Like it's it's picking the right guys that are in state, and then it's con- it's trying to convince the really really good guys to come here from out of state. Like to Jesse's point, California and Texas. Well, you look at uh, I think probably top ten state in recruits in in terms of how they play at the next level, Arizona's in that top 10, I would say. So it's a good idea, and, and it's it, it's in theory for Kenny Dillingham to go after these kids. It's a big theory. Right, but <laughs> are they going to be able to, uh, to, to do it, right? That's the big question. And so far, five out of the 14, great, but it's the lower-end recruits so far. So once we get into that December-January discussion and – Toward February, February for early signing period, uh, we're going to want to see some more of those four or five star recruits possibly coming to Arizona State. Yeah, for sure. And you know, you've got to have a good NIL collective. Um, hopefully, they're working on that. Uh, shout out to all the local businesses that have helped, but it's got to be bigger than that. Um, so, you know, I mean, it'll take time. It'll take building, and it's not really helping that this conference is dissolving before its eyes because then not only are you losing money that goes straight to the university, but you're losing money that goes to the Pac-12 conference. Move to the Big 12. Well, Move to the Big 12. Well, get somebody to buy in and take you over to the Big 12. That's what they got to do. Or, you know, mega merge, to Jeremy's point. Um, and we talked about this last year. And we'll, get at, we'll get out in a few minutes or in a minute about... Just a little bit, like uh, on the last game of the season in Arizona, we talked to Kyle Soley about this, and he said, you know, if Arizona State wants to be a serious contender in the in the college football landscape, they got to get better at NIL. And uh, I think that if they do better at NIL, they're just, I mean, it, let, let's hear what Kyle Soley had to say real quick. Man, I can't even put it into words. Uh, just want to apologize to Sun Devil Nation for this. Uh, tough year, tough, tough way to end it. Uh-huh. Team really gave it our all, you know. Just challenge, um, I just challenge Sun Devil Nation, you know, whoever the next head coaches of this program, whether it be Coach Iguano or whoever they bring in, you know, let's let's step up our game. Let's let's really be a championship contender. Um, let's back NIL. Let's back the team. Let's back the coach, whoever it may be. I really challenge Sun Devil Nation. You know, let's let's be the best we can be, and um, let's be championship contenders. Back the team, which means showing up to games. 
I had to get that out there. Staying through the entirety of games. Staying through the entirety of games as well. (laughs) Um, And, you know, backing NIL. And and real quick, uh, the what Kyle Soley said about the next coach has to you know buy into it. I think Kenny Dillingham is doing that, yep. and uh, it, we'll have to see the coming years on what that becomes. Coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit about men's basketball offseason and also a little bit about a former women's coach. That's next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. State of the Sun Devils with Jesse, Jeremy, and Mitch on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. This is an Arizona Sports Special. Welcome back into the Auction Community Studio alongside Jesse Morrison and Mitch Reldis. I'm Jeremy Schnell for a special State of the Sun Devils on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's your music, Jeremy, right? Yeah, or more like Wolf's music. I, yeah, I get there. You go. Aaron's behind the glass, so she's you know used to playing whatever Wolf wants, right, Aaron? She's got to keep um, our energy up. We're coming to the. This end would here. probably be frat music to Wolf, but it's not. <laughs> right. He thinks that like pop punk is frat music. Completely not. Florida Georgia Line is frat is uh, frat music. Depends what kind of frat, to be honest. Thanks to Trenton Borgay for joining us earlier in the show. Um, quarterback for Arizona State. He was fantastic as usual. Uh, let's move on to men's basketball real quick. As uh, we had a lot of guys transfer out of here, um, just a after, few after a nice little run to the uh, what was it round of thirty two there. Um, lost to TCU, heartbreaker, heartbreaking loss after being up in the second half. Late in the second half, I think it was six minutes left. They were up by ten or something like that, and then. Uh, yeah, the they the like just missed ASU the buzzer beater. Fashion. Yeah, of course. Was, it it was, stings right at the end. That's how they get you. I was at the Taylor Swift concert. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> DJ Horn, Austin Nunez, Enoch Boachi, Warren Washington, Duke Brennan, Devin Cambridge, Malcolm Flags, all gone. What's going on, Jesse? What's happening? I mean, I think it's a mixture of two things. Number one, NIL not quite being there, especially in non-football sports. Um, and then, you know, I think that Bobby Hurley's coaching style can, you know, make people want to, you know, leave a little bit uh, earlier than they might have. You know, it's, it's intense. Uh, Wolf has acknowledged that on, you know, we, we see that on the sidelines. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's easy necessarily to play at Arizona State. I think what stood out to me the most is just how it felt very correlated like, remember, there was discussion after they lost, like, okay, do you keep Bobby Hurley? He got this team into the tournament. Do you move on from Bobby Hurley to try and excel this program? And then, of course, the news came down that he was getting the extension. The official news came down that he was getting an extension. Yeah. And then it was all of a sudden, like, boom, he's gone. Boom, he's gone. Boom, he's gone. Boom, he's gone. And I can't help but think that they're correlated. I don't like thinking that way. But try to explain to me why else they would wait until after the coaching announcement was made. To decide that they don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. that I mean, that wasn't fun, so to speak, but it happened. And it's how are they going to respond to that? You know, uh, so Nunez left. I was really hoping that he would take over in the backcourt. That was probably the biggest bummer of the ball. Yeah. We kind of felt Horn was going to leave, but Nunez leaving really, really stings. 
So does Duke Brennan. He had some really nice moments. And Warren Washington, I thought he was, you know, a great addition to the team last year. Um, Devin Cambridge, without his brother being here, I figured he would transfer. And then uh, the weird thing about now that, we don't know though, where he's going to go. Well, he's at Texas Tech. Oh yeah, that's right. He, yeah, he, he was going to go to Oregon, and correct. now he's at Texas Tech. It's after all those great things he said about Oregon. That's crazy that he didn't want to be there anymore. <laughs> Basketball transfer is even like crazier sometimes than football because like well there's more it's it's weird because there's more one and dones right so there are more yeah. spots that open up in these you know nice programs and they're yeah. like oh that's where i want to go and then i don't know what happens after that and but. it's easier to make an immediate impact when you transfer from a starting lineup of 11 guys to a starting lineup of five guys it's a lot easier to make your impact known and felt more in basketball probably than any other of the team sports. And that's not to discredit the team sports, but one dude in a roster of five can make a massive, massive impact immediately. Frankie, Frankie Collins is back. That's a big deal. Um, he tested out the draft waters. I think that's good for him just in order to you know figure out what he wants to do later on in his career um, and, and test out the waters, figure out um, what the NBA teams are looking for. That's great. He's going to be a junior this coming year. Think they should have him for two more seasons? That would be Hopefully. ideal. We'll see. Um, that College would be basketball ideal. transfer portal. You never know. Um, obviously, Marcus Bagley, and uh, he he didn't play this past season or the year before very much. That just didn't work out overall. Yeah. There was something there. <laughs> Desmond Cambridge, he's getting a tryout in the G League. So, you know, some of your top scorers, most of your top scorers are gone. Desmond Cambridge Jr., gone. DJ Horn, gone. Warren Washington, gone. Who's going to step up? I want to see Jemiah Neal step up. I'm really glad that he's back. He had a really good season last year in limited minutes. Um, I didn't know if he was going to stick around, um, but he just he jumped off the page when he came in. Uh, he was just a spark plug off the bench. I don't know if he'll remain a bench player or move into the starting lineup next season, but um, I loved watching him play, and I'm so glad that he's back. And honestly, the three guys that have come back, Alonzo Gaffney, Jemiah Neal, and Frankie Collins, are have a lot of upside, and if they progress to where they should, this team couldn't, could be not half bad. I don't know if they will. Um, so I don't know. It's it's kind of one of those things where you go and you really don't know if this team is going to be good or not. Still got the rest of the summer to figure out who is going to fill out the roster. So maybe we'll see some more scorers come in through the portal. A couple of guys coming from JUCO from junior colleges um, that were pretty good scorers are coming in. So could they make that nice leap that you want to see from a guy like that? Um, We'll have to see. It's just it, it, what what can Frankie Collins do with this offense running the point and not having necessarily a ball dominant guy like Dez and um, and DJ Horn out there with him. We'll just have to see how that goes. I think it is going to be a very important and pivotal summer for Bobby Hurley, who now that you've got your extension. Okay, good for you. We're very happy for you. You've had some great success with this particular program, kind of bringing them up out out of the ashes, out of the dumpster, however you want to look at it. Now what are you going to do to elevate this team so that they can get further in the NCAA tournament? How are you going to elevate this team so that they're not 
playing in Dayton just to get into the tournament. What are you going to do to make this team be a formidable threat in a very competitive Pac-12 conference. Yeah, real quick. I'm tired of Dayton. I don't want to see Dayton again. Dayton, ASU second home. You guys like, want to get a, a timeshare out there? I, re I really don't. Been to Dayton. I think I'm good after my one. <laughs> yeah, visit. enough of Dayton. Um, real quick before we get out of here, some cool stuff. Uh, see, uh, Charlie Turner Thorne, she's an assistant coach with the Phoenix Mercury now. CTT, baby. That's awesome. Love to hear it. And don't forget about Nikki Blue. She's now the head coach of the Phoenix Mercury. She was an assistant coach under Charlie Turner Thorne at Arizona State just the year prior. So it's a role neat reversal. little role reversal. Yeah. yeah. Role reversal. How we'll many see. times have you seen that? I, I guess I, I was thinking the other day. Uh, with uh, the Nets, right? When Steve yeah, Nash, that's right. Uh, that so that that's Jock Vaughn, cool. uh, uh, and um, Dan Tony was under was Steve Nash. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I forgot in about in Brooklyn. Yeah, so that's cool. The Steve, the Steve Nash era was very quick. So I almost forgot that Dan Tony was part of the coaching staff. Yeah, I think that whole Nets experience was real quick. <laughs> it's good to see Charlie Turner Thorne back where she belongs on a uh, on a bench coaching yeah, coaching a sure. basketball team. For sure. <laughs> That's going to do it for this special edition of State of the Sun Devils on Arizona Sports. Thanks to Arizona State quarterback Trenton Bourget for joining us. Thanks to Aaron Maloney behind the glass. For Jesse Morrison and Mitch Reldis, I'm Jeremy Schnell. Cardinals Corner is up next with Eric Ruby and Tyler Drake on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.